Good evening, everybody. It is now June 13th, uh, 2022, 7 o'clock p.m. So glad to be back with you all again uh, this week for our third episode on BSTL. And of course, BSTL stands for Building Something That Lasts. My name is Andre Anderson. I am both host and founder of this wonderful company called uh, BSTL. So anyways, we had a great conversation last week, and we're going to continue uh, to build on the first C of the four concepts that we often highlight uh, when we do strategic planning and leadership development. We've been kind of touching on uh, the concept. So the reality is um, my goal today is just to have a conversation. And of course, uh, I just want to say thank you. There have been some individuals that have reached out and they wanted to talk uh, a little bit about some of what we've been talking about thus far. Um, I'm going to continue to build on that and respond as much as possible. Uh, The email address is bstlinc21 at gmail.com. So if you want to have your comments or if you want to send some messages or maybe you just want to give a shout out, uh, please, uh, that's the space to do it. So today we want to talk a little bit about we both matter, we both matter. And of course, in some of the comments that I've received, as well as, you know, based on where we go, we are going in this first series of com- conversations, uh, one of the challenges that uh, we often face in leadership is how do we manage and juggle Uh, both the needs of those that work with us uh, while also addressing the needs of the organization. And I think that this is a difficult one, right? Because at the end of the day, uh, especially as leaders, we have the dilemma or the conundrum, call it whatever you want to, of trying to figure out how do we do uh, what the business, the organization uh, requires of us Um, while also uh, taking care of the needs of those that work with us and for us. And I don't think that this is an easy one. Uh, And when I say I don't think it's an easy one, I think the challenge is how do you, uh, as leaders, um, show those that work with you and for you uh, how important it is that they get on board? Now, here's the reality. When I say get on board, uh, I do believe that it is difficult for everyone to get on board, but I think that there is a need uh, for transparency. So let me just talk about this for a moment. Uh, In my experiences and some of the stuff that I've been reading, I think that the hardest thing to deliver is we are going to go in a new direction and this is what it needs to look like. And I think in our next episode, um, when we talk about you didn't ask anything uh, or ask us anything, we're going to develop on that a little bit more. But for this podcast today, we want to talk about um, both uh, management and leadership and those that work with you and for you. uh, Both entities matter. And here's the reality. 
when uh, somebody upstairs in the corner office comes to us and says, look, uh, either things are not going well or we want to develop something and go in a different direction, uh, the hard sell is how do we convince individuals who we have already uh, made some changes in the past, how do we help them uh, to get on board? And let me just say this, and most, uh, and I shouldn't say most, uh, a lot of uh, leaders uh, take the route of, I'm going to tell them as much as they need to know, but can I just say this? I emphatically uh, disagree with that uh, methodology. Even though um, your those that you lead don't have to know everything, I think that it's important for those that we lead to know exactly where we are going and why. Now, the truth is we may not be able to tell them on the front end, right? So you may not be able to tell them right away, hey, listen, this is what we're going to be doing and why we're going to be doing it. But at some point, I do believe that it is important, absolutely essential uh, for leaders uh, to share uh, the direction that they are going in and be as transparent as possible. Now, the reason why is, you know, when we are leading change, Change is not a robot. It's not a machine. Uh, in everyone's life, whether or not we consider it or not, as leaders, somebody is going through something uh, all the time in their own personal life as well as in their professional life. So while the organization may be thinking about creating some new change, we don't know exactly what it is that other individuals are going through simultaneously. And so the change and or the pushback from the change, it may have nothing to do with what the organization is doing. It may just be one more thing that people have to worry about. Now, one of the things that um, at times those that we lead don't necessarily have the perspective of is what it looks like on a macro level. So as leaders, managers, directors, VPs, et cetera, all the way up the food chain, um, we are really paid to think in broader terms, right? Um, people hire us and put us in uh, specific positions because they have an expectation that we will have what I might want to call a helicopter view of what's going on in the organization, and so when our uh, senior reports come to us and say, this is what we've got to do, um, our initial thing is, what and how are we going to be able to implement this thing to ensure that in a broader sense, the overall organization is going to move forward in an effective, efficient, and cost-effective way? Now, the challenge is for those that are working in lower-level le leadership, and I think everyone's a leader. I just need to say that. So even though you may report to someone on some level in whatever space you are in, you are leading also. And so, of course, um, upper management, our responsibility is the macro. It is our responsibility uh, to think about how everything all comes together. Um, but at the same time, I think one of the struggles is how do we get out of our cushy chairs and come down a little bit lower and see how these new changes and adjustments are going to impact those that report directly to us. So I think the way that we do this is by having a transparent conversation. And of course, maybe on this point, I'm going to sound uh, extremely redundant uh, because it is important that we are transparent. Uh, no matter what it is that you are responsible for, you cannot expect 
people to move along with you when you have kept them in the dark as to where you're going and why you're going there. And I understand um, those that work in lower level leadership, they may may not be able to uh, put everything together and understand why these things have to to happen uh, this kind of way. But the reality is they do need to know what's happening before uh, you've made the final decision Because at the end of the day, while you may be leading, they are probably the ones that are going to feel the impact of an overall decision. That's why uh, one of the things that I'm a strong advocate for is put everyone in the room. Uh, Doesn't matter whether or not they will be impacted directly or not. Put them in the room. Put every single person in the room that desires to be there and put everyone in the room that may not desire to be in the room. Because by being transparent while making these adjustments and changes, you are also developing currency with those that you are working with. I mean, how many times have we heard uh, in the workspace, I didn't know, nobody told me. As a matter of fact, I've been working here for so long, I can't believe that they didn't tell me that this was one of the changes that they were planning on doing. And so sometimes as leaders, um, upper management leaders anyways, we shoot ourselves in the foot because some of these changes look different at the different levels and layers of our organizations. So let me just give you an example. When we make changes, uh, I'm going to assume uh, if you're working for a good organization, it's transgenerational. And all that means is you've got 60-year-olds, maybe even some 70-year-olds, 50, 40, 30, maybe as young as 20, working in your organization. So when change comes, um, it looks different, right? So maybe for those that are younger that are working for your organization, uh, when the change comes for them, Uh, depending on some of the plans that they have in their own personal lives, i.e. dating, getting married, buying a car, uh, securing some property. When these changes are made, it may actually uh, put a little bit of angst and nervousness in them because sometimes the changes may eliminate them or so they perceive, or these changes may add to an already stressful situation. Now, on the other side of this, right, because we've now just mentioned briefly uh, the impact on what it would look like for those that are younger and working in your organization, uh, think about what the changes look like for somebody who is in their 60s and or 70s. Now, I do make some some assumptions, and that is that uh, sometimes when those that are in their 70s, they're still working uh, because they love to work, um, or... Uh, They may still be working in their 70s, uh, mid to late 60s, uh, because they still have a lot of bills and they cannot afford uh, to make this transition. So now when the change comes, uh, those that are maybe a little bit younger and or a little bit older, uh, the impact of the change is that they may feel as though this is the company trying to push them out. Uh, And this is an indirect way of making that happen. So by being transparent, I think that it's important, especially in the areas of vulnerability, that those that are young and or older, they understand why the change is is necessary. Now, to those that say, well, uh, you know, if you're going to work here, uh, you've 
pretty much got to do whatever is said uh, or, 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 or delivered from upper management, uh, I think that that is an antiquated uh, way of doing business. I think the days of, well, the boss said so are over, especially when you think about the various platforms that people have uh, the ability to work in. Uh, you can't drop the trump card of, you know, the boss said so. And while it is true that the boss said so, the reality is with LinkedIn, with Facebook, Instagram, and all of these other platforms, it is possible for somebody who has historically been loyal and committed to your organization to now begin to feel a little bit uncomfortable. And perhaps even now, depending on how you roll out a decision, they may decide that, you know what, maybe I no longer want to work here in this organization. And please don't jump so quickly and say, well, everyone is replaceable. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with you because depending on who it is that leaves your organization, this will leave you with more than just a gap around personnel. Uh, that person may be the glue to your team. And uh, probably in season two, we're going to talk a little bit more about team building. But when people decide to leave because they don't love uh, the way that information is rolled out, you're not just uh, losing intellectual property, you're losing some of your teamwork. And those of us that have been leading for a long enough time, we know this, that the secret sauce that makes a lot of organizations run well, it's not just uh, the environment, it's not just the paint on the wall, it's not even just the incentives that are monetary. What makes a lot of these organizations run well is the glue, it's the team dynamics, it's the ability to know that when you come into your job on Monday morning and you go into your cubicle or you go into your space, is so-and-so going to be there? Will they be there? Uh, you know, when we are uh, developing and making decisions, we have to understand that there are individuals who may not be a part of the main uh, upper management team, but there are individuals that we have no idea that they are the ones that are keeping the team together. They are the ones that will say, fine, uh, maybe they could have done it a little bit better, uh, but ultimately this is a good space to work in. And when we lose some of those individuals, uh, we will know long term um, because it creates um, this uh, kind of, uh, I want to call it uh, fragility, for lack of a better word, that ultimately now creates a space where if somebody who is committed, and I'm thinking more so of those that may be in their 60s and 70s or 50s, um, mid to late 50s, if they've been there for quite some time, when they now say, I can't take this anymore because for years, no one has really asked me how I feel about the changes that are being made. When those people leave, other people get really uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, I remember a particular organization, there was an individual there that um, was front and center in a lot of things. And uh, unfortunately, they, you know, things kind of went south and they ended up leaving the organization. And if I could tell you that as I have watched from a distance, when that individual left, uh, not only did they take information with them, they also took the team uh, dynamic of working closely uh, together. And the truth is that organization has not been the same ever since. And it is true 
that you will be able to rebuild and start again. Uh, but there is a gap and there is a gap in between that because ultimately when you now have to rebuild, you're no longer able to look as far forward because you've got to make sure that you have the personnel and the individuals that continue to um, work with you and lead in that type of capacity uh, by not having them around uh, you now have to slow down, build your team before building towards the future. And so really, maybe in this podcast, what I'm trying to say is, uh, in this first seat of conceptualizing, you have to be able to see the team that you currently have in its purest form and build around that, right? You don't always want to create an environment where every single time you are making a change or an adjustment within your organization, you're now going to be looking for new personnel that will fill those slots. No, the better way is to build with what you have and add some complementary pieces to it. So no, I'm not advocating against you bringing on new employees and new workers, uh, but what I am advocating for is learning how to build with what you have. And the secret to building uh, with, with those that you have already is learning how to communicate. And the posture of uh, people needing the job and they have to go along with it and if they don't like it, the highway or the byway. Let me just say this out loud that you have to remember that this is a global community. And because it is a global community, you can get rid of some individuals that you don't see as being indispensable, but those individuals still belong to uh, the community. And when individuals ask them, what would it have been uh, as to why you, know, you left, you've been there for 15, 20, 25 years, why would you wanna restart now? And if those individuals begin to speak ill of the organization, here's the reality. Those that may be seeking employment that may have the skill sets that would really buffer and reinforce and create and build a stronger business for you, those individuals will go elsewhere because they will assume that the most valuable entity of the organization is not valued, and that is people. So, of course, we know that people are important, but also we do understand that in business, we do have to consider the needs of the business simultaneously. So really briefly in this podcast, I want you to consider the reality that both matter. Management, upper management matters, as well as those that are grassroots. Both individuals matter because both will be required to build and further extend and improve on the overall quality of your organization. Again, my name is Andre Anderson. I am both founder and owner of BSTL. Uh, find us on Spotify. Uh, find us on LinkedIn. And for those of you that are extremely uh, creative and you know how this internet work uh, piece works, please look for us and you'll find us every Monday, 7 p.m. here at BSTL. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us again on episode three 
Uh, this is called the recap. And so we've got uh, seven takeaways that we want you to be able to ter- internalize and put it in your toolbox. Number one, assess the needs of the organization at the macro and micro level. Number two, both management and the teams that they lead, both of them matter. Number three, bi-directional transparency will allow for trust to be developed on every single level. Number four, inclusion, full inclusion wherever possible allows everyone to feel a part of the change that is occurring. Number five, small incremental changes allow for critical feedback, okay? That means at every stage, people will be able to share how they experience the change that is being implemented. Number six, build around your current team and add complementary pieces. You don't want to dismantle everything. You want to build around your current team and add some complementary pieces. And finally, number seven, leaders need to acknowledge that your current team, flaws and all, they all have value. We don't need to start from scratch. We just need to build with what we have so that we can build something that lasts.